You're listening to Bad Trip, the true crime and other weird shit podcast where two sisters take you on a wild ride through some of the world's most fucked up places. Each episode, we journey to a new location and explore its sordid past, creepiest urban legends, and landmarks you won't find in the guidebooks. So buckle up, because it's about to be a bad trip. We interrupt this program because the civil authorities have issued a contagious disease warning. Now we're one. Where is your emergency? The U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged that videos appearing to show UFOs flying through the air are real. Initially, many thought the pops they heard uh, were fireworks associated with the show, but soon it became obvious that this was an attack. I'm Shauna. And I'm Taylor. And this is the first episode of Bad Trip, a podcast about fucked up things from around the world. Before we get into the topic at hand today, we wanted to give some backstory on what this podcast is about and why we started it. We're sisters and luckily best friends, and we share an interest in all things weird and spooky. True crime, urban legends, the supernatural, conspiracy theories, and going down weird internet rabbit holes. We definitely got that from our mom. Mm-hmm. Like, we literally weren't allowed to watch Cat Dog growing up, but The Shining was totally fine. When we were, like, eight. It's chill. It's chill. So, because it's 2020, and it's basically mandatory to have a podcast these days, we decided to start one. But, instead of just telling you stories, we want to take you on an adventure. So, for us, road trips were a big part of our lives growing up. Every single family vacation was a road trip. We never flew anywhere. We experienced a lot of misadventures along the way, but I think what sticks out the most are the small things. The weird landmarks, the local lore, and the time Taylor peed on Laura Ingalls Wilder's tree. Yikes! That happened. I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> so um, with that in mind, we're making this podcast kind of like a road trip. Every Wednesday, we'll be profiling different states and bringing you crazy stories, landmarks, and urban legends that you won't find in most guidebooks. For today's episode, we're starting with our home state, Wisconsin! First, Shauna's going to give some background on the state, and then I will share a true crime story based there. Then in next week's episode, I'll come in with some fucked up Wisconsin facts, and Shauna will share the bizarre story of a local cult. And then after that, we'll move on to another state, and we'll keep doing the same thing. Road trip! So now a disclaimer. We are not journalists. We are just people who are passionate about this stuff. So we're going to curse, go off on tangents, and definitely talk a lot of shit. But that said, we are committed to telling these stories respectfully and as accurately as possible. Um, Respectfully to the victims. We are going to be mean to the bad guys. Yeah, fuck you bad guys. And we're always going to cite our sources on our episode guides at badtrippod.com. You can go there to find photos from our cases and other interesting stuff we couldn't include in the episode. So uh, buckle up, because here we go on this bad trip. Y'alls. Y'alls. All right, so let's talk about Wisconsin, America's Dairyland. My favorite Dairyland. <laughs> so we weren't born in Wisconsin, but we moved there when we were really young. So it's basically our home state. Yeah, we count it. First, let's talk about a little state history. I'm not really big on history, so we're just going to breeze right through it. Cover the basics. Please do. So <laughs> before Wisconsin was Wisconsin, first of all, Wisconsin's in the Midwest. It's in the Great Lakes region. 
Yes. It's a flyover state, if you will. <laughs> no one stops there. <laughs> it borders Illinois, Michigan, um, some other stuff. I some lakes. I didn't write it down. <laughs> there's like, a, there's an Ohio somewhere up there. Minnesota. Something with a K. What? Kansas? We don't know. That's the deep south. <laughs> so, before Wisconsin was Wisconsin, it was home to a lot of different Native American tribes, including the Menominee, Winnebago, Sauk, and Potawatomi tribes. Hey. I love the word Potawatomi. It's so fun to say. Potawatomi. That was like a big word growing up for some reason oh, in our lives. Yeah, because there was a street in Williams Bay called Potawatomi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, okay. So white settlers Ugh. started to arrive in the 1600s. It was a bunch of French dudes, really. They probably smelled really bad. Oh. So <laughs> then um, there were a lot of wars between the indigenous people and the white dudes trying to steal their land. Mm-hmm. And that went on for a really long time. And then eventually Wisconsin became the 30th state in 1848. Ooh. From there, a lot of European immigrants arrived. There were a lot of wars. And then other immigrants arrived. And now we're at present day. So I think that brings us up to speed. They're like smack dab in the middle. Like, how did we get here? Right. I'm like, why would you move there of all places? Yeah, you, I mean, the corn, man. I guess. Um, so some notable cities in Wisconsin that you may or may not have heard of include Milwaukee, the largest city. It's around 600,000 people, so not that big. And then there's Green Bay, which is where the Packers play. Ay. I don't know what else is there. A bay. Um, Washington Island is oh, yeah. right off the coast, and that is where my best friend is getting married. It is. Congrats, Abby. Congrats, Abby and Jimmy. <laughs> And then there's Madison, which is the location of the University of Wisconsin, and it's also the state capital. So they like to party hard in Madison. They love beer and they love football games. <laughs> um, and then there's Wisconsin Dells, which is known as the water park capital of the world. And we used to go there a lot when we were kids with our Girl Scout troop, with our family. Um, Birthday parties. So much fun. You just go down water slides all day long. You um, can't go wrong. School field trips. Oh, there were roller we coasters. Oh, good times. Good times. So here are some random facts. Let's just get into it. So a lot of people think Wisconsin is very flat and it's just a lot of cornfields. And to those people I say, you are absolutely right. You dickhead. Oh, I mean, (laughs) never mind. You're correct. (laughs) I was looking at Wikipedia and it was like, Wisconsin has a very diverse landscape due to the geographical impact of the Ice Age. But then it's like, there's this kind of rock and there's this kind of rock. And there's this kind of rock. And that's what they meant by diverse. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Very diverse. Yeah, it's just a lot of flat land. Um, about half the state is covered in forest, and it's got over 15,000 lakes, which is why tourism is one of its most profitable industries. People love lakes. They love the lakes. Hashtag lake line. Oh my god, everyone, everyone has it on their car. Yeah, and especially when they're like from Georgia. Yes. <laughs> that's where we live now. So other big industries there include manufacturing, especially paper products. So if you get toilet paper, it might be from there. I don't know. If you get toilet paper. If you don't. Dear everyone, I know it's coronavirus, but I hope you have toilet paper. I do. There's actually a big IT industry there. A lot of cranberries. Mm. And then a lot of ginseng, which is rare and expensive. So, you know, you could be a millionaire there. Is that in tea? Yes. Nice. Wisconsin, I think. Ginseng and guarine. Okay. So Wisconsin has all four seasons, which I miss very dearly. Um, The fall. The winter is very long, though. I don't miss the length of the winter. It's very gray. Very gray. After, like, day two. Okay. A couple fun facts. So the state animal is a badger. Do you know the state motto? I love beer and cheese. Ooh, close one. It's forward. Oh, that was close. Yeah. 
So people from Wisconsin are called Wisconsinites, but are often referred to as cheeseheads. Yes, we are. And that is because the Green Bay Packers fans wear blocks of cheese on their heads. And I just want everyone to know that um, when Shauna went to college in Boston, her Halloween costume was a cheese head or was a piece of cheese. Yeah, it was cheese money year. I wore that and I labeled myself with Swiss and I wore a yellow shirt with like these white cutouts in it. <laughs> Another thing about Wisconsin is that literally everyone hunts deer. It's just such a thing there. Um, we did not. Our family did not. But there's so much forest, so it's a thing. And I have been tricked into eating venison jerky on the school bus on a field trip by a kid's dad. We also were tricked at one of our family Christmas parties one year. Do you remember? To eat frog or deer? Deer. I remember the frog thing, too. Frog? Uncle Don. I never ate frog. I got tricked. But the deer thing, I don't remember that, but I'm upset. Maybe no one told me because they thought I would cry. I bet. So the demographics in Wisconsin, um, it's super duper white. So 86% white. Um, there's a decent Latino population, about 7%, but um, mostly it's just a bunch of Germans. Almost half the population has German ancestry. We're German. We are German. There are a lot of little German shops and stuff around. Yeah, it's cool. There are actually some uh, little towns in Wisconsin where they speak mostly German, which is pretty cool. Yes. So in terms of religion, the state is 50% Protestant, 29% Catholic. And then that's about it. Uh, Other people are not religious or they're just uh, one of a minority of religions. So there's really not a lot of like Jewish people, um, you know, Buddhists, Really just the Christians. Yeah. And then politically, Wisconsin normally lines slightly to the left, but it has uh, been getting a little more Republican in recent years. So they did vote for Trump in 2016. Uh, Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's because we don't live there anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. We would have swung that vote. (laughs) The four of us. So, crime. Um, This is what we're really here for, right? Yes. So Wikipedia has an entire section for Wisconsin called Alcohol Culture. Oh, lordy. Yeah, so Wisconsin is routinely named the drunkest state in the nation. And it's, it's true. The laws for drunk driving are insanely lax. So you get no jail time for your first offense. You just get a fine of up to $300. That's like I've, I've gotten a speeding ticket about that much. I know, I'm saying. And then for your second offense, you might get five days to six months in jail and also a fine. But, you know, you're still pretty good. You're fine. And then your third offense, you get a little more time in jail and another fine. Um, so it's like, they just are like, yeah, you can hang out here for a while, but you do get a harsher sentence if you're like way over the limit or you have a minor in your car. So at least that's good. Mm. In terms of overall crime rate, Wisconsin's below the national average. So it's a pretty safe place to live, but Milwaukee is the exception. In 2016, it was the eighth most dangerous city in America based on violent crime rates. Jeez. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't seen any more recent data, but, um, it's a very violent place apparently. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, I knew about, like, a lot of car break-ins and, like, right. go to the rave. violent crime. Yeah, don't park, but, like, violent crimes. Yeah. Damn. Um, so some famous crimes and criminals Wisconsin is known for include Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, sir. Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. And then the whole making a murderer situation. Yikes. What's his name? Stephen Avery. That guy. I never watched it. Now I want to talk about some weird lingo from our home state. There's so much of it. <laughs> Um, first of all, there are some things that I guess we pronounce wrong that we didn't know, such as saying the word both as both. <laughs> and hammock. I definitely say hammock. Hammock. That's just what we say there. Don't make fun of us. I didn't know. Oh, root beer. Root beer. I get made fun of a lot. So in terms of actual words that people say there, uh, there's fib, 
which to most people means a small lie. But in Wisconsin means fucking Illinois bastards. And they're everywhere. They're everywhere driving and making shit. I don't know. <laughs> making traffic happen. Illinois me. Yeah. But they're also supporting the economy. So I guess, hey, whatever. They do bring a lot of money into Wisconsin. So also people will often say use instead of you. Uh, it's a way to pluralize the word you. So we're in the South, they'll be like, y'all. Up there, they might say use. Use guys. And you can hear that from our grandfather <laughs> or sometimes our dad. They love it. So this is one that we don't say, but a lot of people do more up north, is bubbler instead of drinking fountain. Isn't that weird? It's so gross. If there are bubbles, you're doing it wrong. But you know that one in the elementary school? Uh, the white one? Yes, by like it this kind bubble. of second grade, first grade. Yeah, that was gross. Ooh, it bubbled. I actually dream about that hallway a lot. It's weird. I love those bathrooms. <laughs> so we'll also say things like, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want to come with? Is that weird? It's weird because you shouldn't end a sentence in a preposition. I'm a grammar nerd, but that's true. It's like a thing that we just say that they don't really say everywhere else. So um, you should just say like, "Do you want to come?" Yeah. No. I know it sounds weird. Too. Then they won't understand what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come with? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then one that I always see on lists, it, but I've never actually heard anyone say it in real life, is "stop and go lights" oh, instead I have of "stop not- lights." When you said it in that accent, it sounded right. <laughs> stop and go lights. But like, I don't say, I've never heard anyone say yeah, that. Yeah, we just say stop lights or traffic lights. Stop yeah, lights. Stop lights. Um, and then there's the classic, which is really popular across the Midwest. And that is, oh, oh, It's like when you run into someone, you go, oh, I used to do it all the time at Stony River and people would make fun of me. Really? They'd be like, oh, Taylor, oh. That's when she worked at a steakhouse. Um, they didn't understand my life. There would just be people in the back and you got to sneak by them and you're like, oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sneaking by you to get yelled at by a millionaire. (laughs) Thank you. And then a way that we make things sound more polite in in Wisconsin and the Midwest overall is to end a sentence with or no. So instead of saying something like, hey, will you take the dog on a walk? We'll say something like, hey, uh, do you want to take the dog on a walk or no? And it's like, I'm telling you to take the dog on a walk, but I'm saying it politely. You're not going to say fucking walk the dog, bitch. (laughs) Bitch. Bitch. All right, so food in Wisconsin, um, obviously because there's a lot of German ancestry, there's a lot of German food. Yum, 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 yum. Including bratwurst. Bratwurst. I, that's my German accent. Was it good? <laughs> yes. It was great. I thought we were in Germany. Whew. So in our hometown of Williams Bay, which is a really tiny town of just over 2,000 people, every summer they have corn and bratfest. Which is literally you just go and eat corn and eat bratwurst and get drunk. Like the football players used to have to volunteer just salting the corn. Yes. And there was like salt hanging on strings and like, oh. Very Midwestern. And then also, obviously dairy is really big. So you'll have cheese curds, which are like the squeaky part of the cheese. Like, you know, little Miss Muppet was eating her curds and whey. Mm. This is the curd. Um, that sounds gross. It does, but you deep fry them, and then they're fried cheese curds, <laughs> and, and then they're, they're heaven. Good. But they're also good when they're fresh. They are. But when they're fried, they're like mozzarella sticks on steroids. And like go to Culver's specifically. Yes, Culver's is a Midwestern chain restaurant that now exists all over the U.S. I'm a, I'm a spokesperson. No, I'm not, but sponsor us, Sponsor Culver's. us, Culver's. And then Friday night fish fry is a big thing. Um, I think that's a big thing everywhere there's Lutherans because, <laughs> or maybe Catholics. I don't know. People who don't eat fish on, or meat on Fridays, they only eat fish. So they'll go out to Friday night fish fry. I didn't know that's why. Yeah. Wow. 
A fun fact is that Wisconsin has more dairy cattle per square mile than any other state. Yeah, fuck you, California. <laughs> I remember when I went to college in Boston, the first thing people would ask me is, have you ever gone in cow tipping? And I'm, I'm like, like that's no. not a thing that people really do. I'm sure someone does. But, but it's just mean. Yeah, Don't I like cows. And back to that dairy shit. So <laughs> about 90% of the milk from Wisconsin cows is used to make cheese. So cheese everywhere. Yeah, like I love when I buy cheese here and it's like, Made specially crafted in Wisconsin. And I'm like, don't fuck with us and our cheese. (laughs) We love it. So that's about it. Just some fun facts from food, culture, beer. I love Wisconsin. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get into your story, Taylor. Let's get into my story. Woohoo! But also it's dark, so yikes. Okay, here we are. Welcome to my story. Today I'm going to be telling you about... The Slender Man. Slender Man. Slender Man. So a lot of people probably know, just like have heard of Slender Man, right? You've heard of him? Yes. I know he's a tall, creepy guy. Amen. That's really what, that's the basis of it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of like the origin of Slender Man and we're going to kind of go through some different like how he evolved and then we'll get into like the crime. Okay. So the Slender Man myth, uh, the origin is different depending on who you ask. Some say he came from Germany's Black Forest. Some say ancient Egypt, and there's reported to be, like, cave paintings in Brazil depicting movements of someone that looks like Slender Man. Oh, so, so what does that look like? Um, just like a, a, I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, so, the actual story of Slender Man began in a forum on a humor site called Something Awful. So, you remember, like, E-Bombs World? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, those early internet meme sites. Yes, exactly. So it was one of those. The Washington Post said, their forums are usually filled with people who enjoy joking about things like Dungeons and Dragons, porn, and 3D printers. So it's like Reddit. <laughs> yeah, basically. They said, but the forums can take trickier turns. They're well known for tricky photoshopping and general prankery. Nice. Bow. So on June 8th, 2009, a new thread on Something Awful, the site invited users to create paranormal things through Photoshop, which I feel like you'd be good at. Maybe. Probably. So one of their users, his real name is Eric, oh, I should have looked this up, Eric Knudsen. (laughs) Oh, we had Knudsen's in our high school. Okay. Knudsen. It sounded right, but then I didn't want to be a dick. Yeah, 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 Knudsen. Okay. So Eric Knudsen, um, but his screen name and the one that people probably know is Victor Surge. Oh, yeah, I know him. That's what he... Told, yeah, you know, you probably, like, would go way back with him. He drinks a lot of Surge. He loves it, He and he eats a lot of Victory. Victor, I don't oh know my why God. I said that. Um, okay, so anyways, Victor Surge joined the contest. He kind of killed it. Uh, no pun intended. He posted two photos of children haunted by a tall, shadowy figure with tentacles for arms. Tentacles? Yeah, like... I didn't know that about him. Yeah, I'll explain that a little bit later. But he also put blocks of ominous text, and it said... We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Oh my god. Doesn't that like give you goosebumps? Dude, that's some Blair Witch shit. Right? And it's like, the thing is, he's not posting it as it's real. Like, right. he said it's made up, but you know. But things travel quickly. Things travel quickly. Fucking internet. So, um, he continued to post doctored photos, newspaper clippings, <gasps> and even like children's drawings of Slenderman to make it all seem real. Oh my god. Yeah. So, like, this. Do you know anything about this man? Like, what he does in life? No. I'm so curious what he's doing these days. You no, know, I probably. I do know that, like, after the whole 
like crime situation he was just like that this is not what i meant it to be yeah kind of thing but um i didn't really look up anything else about him i picture him as just like a computer programmer somewhere like living in you know a really cool house and he's like <laughs> like a lot of windows yeah. yeah and he has like slender man pictures taped all over the walls <laughs> honestly i think he's kind of like a cool dude that's just like this is gonna freak people out and then he's like what have i done yeah um so yeah so this like all this stuff that he's posting, all these, you know, fake newspaper clippings and all that different kind of media pulled readers into the myth of Slenderman. People started creating their own photoshops and stories. They would kind of take his thing and draw parallels to other urban legends and kind Ooh, of mix them. I love this. Yeah. This is how urban legends happen, but we don't usually get to see them happen in real time. Right. They're normally like already kind of in the works. So that was June 8th that the whole contest started. By mid-June... The creepy thread that this all started in was now developing into like a complete myth of Slenderman, and everyone was like on this fucking Slenderman train. Love it. One of the interesting things that I really liked about the origin story is that even though like Victor Surge started it because so many other people contributed to it online, it became like a collaboration of a ton of ideas, which makes it seem one like way more organic, you know, because it's not just like one story that someone's telling. There's all these kind of supporting documents to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're young and, like, finding this on the internet, you're like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. There's so many different things. Yeah, it's so elaborate. Right. And then um, there are different versions of the story. So if you go online and see different versions, it's just because multiple people have, like, you know, been a part of this, whatever. So some people say that Slenderman has multiple tentacle-like arms. Same. Yeah, right. Some say he has no extra limbs at all. So there's kind of differences. What do you mean no extra limbs? Like he has like his four limbs. Okay. But none of like the tentacle shit. Some say that he kills his victims in like vague and mysterious ways before disemboweling them and bagging their organs. <gasps> Casual. But others say he compels his victims to kill each other, which is just like a sprinkle of foreshadowing okay. on my story. That's what I've heard. Yes, me too. Like kind of leads kids away into the woods and then... And then just coerces them into doing bad things. Into doing his dirty work. Exactly. Uh, my dirty work. Okay, we can take that out. I just wanted no, to. No, that was absolutely beautiful. Steely Dan, baby. Stay in there, baby. So I'll give you like kind of a breakdown of his overall look because that's important when you're picturing him in this creepazoid story. Okay, because for some reason I'm just picturing Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before um, Christmas. It's you know what? It's not very different now that you say that. That's okay. funny. <laughs> but um, oh, I wonder if one was based up. Ooh, I don't. Never mind. Anyways, Slenderman is a being who is super fucking tall and lanky. He has extremely long, slender arms and legs, like real noodle-like. <laughs> Some say he has four to eight long black tentacles that protrude from his back, and he can call these puppies out when he needs them. Ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah, so like he could look like, I'm not going to say a normal man, because he's like 1,000 feet tall. So Mr. Moon. He could look like <laughs> yes. Mr. Moon, which was our science teacher in high school and was very tall. Like 7'3 or some crazy thing. Hi, Mr. Moon. You're never going to hear this. So he's described wearing a black suit, sometimes pinstriped. His skin is eerily pale and he keeps his like long, creepy hands either crossed behind his back or just like hanging loosely at his sides. Ew, crossed behind his back. That's yeah, creepy. you know, like he's kind of serious Ooh. and like, but the problem is, is that he doesn't really have a face. What? Like, does he have a head? Yes, he has a head. His face looks as if it's wrapped in some sort of, like, cloth or gauze. Like a mummy? Kind of, yeah. Like, you can see outlines of facial features in in most depictions of him, like, kind of sunken spots for eyes and a place where his nose would be. 
But um, some people say that they don't see a face at all. Like, it's just a blank canvas, kind of. Oh my God. And then some say his face looks different to each person, Ooh. depending on kind of how you interpret it. That's creepy. It's like a Bogart in Harry Potter. Yeah, I know what that means. That's where, like, it comes out of a wardrobe and is, to you, it appears as the scariest thing that, whatever. Cockroach. <laughs> it appears as your biggest fear to each person. Um, I was going to say, do you have pictures? Or, obviously oh, not duh. photos. But... Yes, yes. No, duh. Okay. We're going to post pictures on our site um on our website badtrippod.com badtrippod.com okay let me turn my brightness up on this beads okay okay this first photo is by victor surge and you can see where slender man is circled in the background of the kids he kind of looks like a rubber chicken dangling in the background he kind of does but like in the creepiest way right yeah and here's the second one in the second one, he, there's a little girl climbing up a slide, and in the background, there's just a tall, skinny man with two children next to him. It's so eerie. Like, the little girl is, like, as high as his waist. Not even, like, his knee. Yeah. Creepazoid. There are his tentacles that some people see. Okay. I did not know this was a thing. Yes. He looks spidery, kind of. Yeah, so this one, they're more, like, octopus-like, and mm-hmm. this one, they're crazy spider legs. Like, goo. This is creepy. Yeah. And then here's his face. So you can kind of see like a nose, indents for eyes. And here's one that's kind of just flat. Oh, it looks like in, what's that, sh- uh, the show you worked on? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. If I don't you know if we're probably up... not allowed to say that on here. No, we? I can't. Yeah, okay. No. Um, if you look up Doom Patrol, uh, a DC like superhero show, he looks like the Matt Bomer character. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't remember Aquaman. No, I'm just kidding. It definitely Aquaman. not. Something else. So yeah, that's what he looks like. So definitely look him up. So when I'm telling the story, you guys can have like an idea of, I don't know, just kind of who the... The man behind the mystery. Yes, the man behind the mystery is... And again, we'll put that link to our website in our show notes, but it's also badtrippod.com. Yes. All right, so why do we fear Slender Man besides the obvious of what I've just told you <laughs> about his like tentacles and no face? According to the Slender Man mythology, he can cause amnesia in his victims, bouts of coughing, and paranoid behavior in individuals, which kind of made me think of the effect of the ganj. I was just going to say, it sounds like someone's smoking some weed. Right, but then, like, marijuana doesn't make you do this. In most stories, he appears hiding in forests or stalking children, and he makes children disappear. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so, you know. There's a quote from Mashable that says, we're terrified of the Slender Man because we're not sure how his magic works, how far it reaches, and how much he's tracking our every move. What we do know, though, is we cannot escape him. Oh my god. And that's just, like, based on the mythology of Slender Man. So is there, is it the assumption that there's one Slender Man? Or is yes. it, like, a race of creatures? <laughs> no, there's one Slender Man. He lives in, like, um, the forest in Wisconsin. That's, like, what the girls believed in my story. Okay. Here. But I'm not sure if he lives other places for other people. Gotcha. But um, yeah, it's real. Yeah, so there's just one. It's not like um, Maybe a horde of Bigfoot, you know. He's like Jesus and God. He's everywhere. He's, he's, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows, he knows when, knows you're, when awake. you're awake. Wait, that's Santa. Oh, so that's my Jesus. <laughs> um, so even though Slender Man had already been around for years and the story did have a small cult-like following... He only became really well-known in 2014 when two 12-year-old girls in Wisconsin committed a brutal act to appease the internet boogeyman. Oh, shit. I remember this. Yeah, this is where shit gets really wild, so buckle up, motherfuckers! Peyton Leitner, a cutie pie sweetie little fourth grader 
saw a girl sitting alone and decided that they should be friends. That girl was Morgan Geyser. They were instantly inseparable. They hung out after school every day, had sleepovers, laughed constantly, and Morgan even nicknamed Peyton Bella, which I don't know why, but it's sweet. That is cute. I bet they like Twilight. (laughs) Ooh, I wonder if that's it. The times. Because you said it was 2014. Mm, That's a little late. Yeah, true that. Oh, and this is in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I should have said that. It's like, what, 45 minutes from where we grew up? Yeah, so southeastern Wisconsin. Yes. All right. So they became friends, best, best friends. Two years later, when the girls were in sixth grade, Anissa Wire came into the picture. And that's when Peyton's friendship with Morgan took a backseat to her new friendship with Anissa. Oh, shit. Yeah, and we all know how that goes. Especially when you're 11. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. It's the worst. Um, yeah. Well, later Peyton said that's when everything went downhill. Mm. So Morgan and Anissa, the the new friends, started becoming obsessed with Slenderman when they came across him on a site called Creepy Pasta. Oh my god. Yeah. Peyton was not a fan of Slenderman. It like actually scared the shit out of her. And Peyton said Morgan liked it and thought it was real. I went along with it. I was supportive because I thought that's what she liked. Wait, which friend said that? Peyton said Peyton's the old friend, who's not part of the new little duo. Yeah, so like, Morgan and Anissa love Slenderman, and Peyton's like, well, Morgan, you're my best friend, but I don't know if I'm into this. Okay, gotcha. Hoping things were getting back to some sort of normal for Peyton, she was stoked because it was a Friday night, and the trio was going to celebrate Morgan's birthday by having a slumber party. Looking back on this night, Peyton said the sleepover was a little different from others they'd had. Mm. Morgan didn't want to stay up all night. Like, her mood was maybe different. Um, you know, it was just seemed off. Oh, and you said they're in sixth grade? Yeah, and the girls have been friends since fourth grade, so... Yeah, that's weird. You know when your friend's kind of off about something. I feel like a slumber party in sixth grade, like, you're up to, like, one in the morning, and it feels super late. You're, like, covering you're like, your faces in makeup. Exactly. And dancing around and doing weird shit. Like, prank calling people. Not like, let's go to bed at nine. Right, exactly. So it's, you know, it throws you off if you're not used to that, especially. So the next morning, May 31st, 2014, the three girls woke up, had donuts for breakfast, and headed to the park. When the three 12-year-olds got to the park, Morgan and Anissa led Peyton into the bathroom. Quote, Anissa tried to knock Bella out. Oh, and this is a quote from Morgan herself Mm. in her interrogation. And that's why she says Bella and not Peyton. Anissa tried to knock Bella out. Bella got all mad and stuff, and I was pacing in circles. Peyton stayed with them, and they led her into the woods where they would carry out the attack. Jesus Christ. Yes, so they kind of went for it, didn't work. I'm not really sure how it went down that, like, Peyton didn't realize, you know exactly what was going on but she didn't and she went i mean you know i guess you're not going to assume they're going to kill me right that's my best friend yeah that was an accident or like that was weird but whatever yeah so then they're like okay well let's go into the woods although both girls have said the other had the initial idea for the attack morgan who was peyton's best friend was the one who repeatedly stabbed her 19 times with a steak knife from her own house well, Anissa stood by and watched. Holy fuck. Yes. And they did it all for Slenderman. Okay. Yeah. So um, we'll get into that a little later. But later that morning of the stabbing, Greg Steinberg was riding his bike through trails of Waukesha when he took a route through the brush that was chained up and luckily rode up on Peyton, which like, folks, break the rules. Right, cut through. Cut through. Just take a little cut through. You might through. save a life. If you're not hurting anyone, you're either going to find someone that needs help, or you're going to stumble across, like, a marijuana plant. Or you're just going to save some time. No, and, no cop, no stop. Yeah, no cop, no stop. <laughs> so, um, 
Anyways, yikes. Greg rode up on Peyton and she was drenched in her own blood and laying in a grassy area after literally pulling herself out of the thick woods. Like crawling along, the, dragging herself along the ground, fucking 12 years old. And Greg rides up and is like, holy shit. And she just says, can you help me, please? I've been stabbed multiple times. Oh, my God. Poor baby. Like the sweetest little thing. And just the worst situation. And do we know how much later this was in the day? Um, Just a couple hours. I think it, you know, it wasn't too long. But she's been like laying there bleeding out, crawling for hours. Yeah, I think at least probably two hours. Because I know the girls were apprehended just a few hours after. Okay. Um, So, obviously... He was shook. Greg called 911. He gave Peyton some water. And in the background of the 911 call, you can hear Greg saying, honey, they're coming. They'll be here any minute. And he's just like, hold on. Oh, my God. So thank the lucky fucking stars that the ambulance got there soon after she was taken to the hospital. Peyton was stabbed on her chest, abdomen, arm, and leg. There were five wounds on her arm seven on her leg, and the rest were scattered throughout her torso. Holy shit. Yeah, and that was according to Dr. Brian Huxdorf at Waukesha Memorial Hospital. Okay. When Stacy Leitner, Peyton's mom, saw a uniformed police officer approaching their house, she knew something was wrong. Both her and Joe, Peyton's dad, were blindsided and rushed to the hospital, where Peyton ended up staying in intensive care for weeks and came out with 25 scars still to this day. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. What a baby. What a baby. And freaking 12. I'm just like, ugh. So, what happened to the girls? Anissa told police in her taped interrogation, because they're quickly caught, shocker, because they're 12 and, like, covered in blood. She told police, I was told if I didn't do something, my family would be in danger. Slenderman had told her that he would kill her family, so she had to prove herself to him. So, after the stabbing and their deed was done... Morgan and Anissa, like, peeled out of there, left Peyton to die, and basically went to find Slenderman. What? Yeah. So they, they, so they really thought they were looking for Slenderman. They, 100%. I thought they were just trying to justify their crimes. No, no, no. They thought that they were about to kill their friend and then go live with him in his mansion in the woods. Oh. And that, that he was, like, now he was going to love them and, like, they were going to oh, be a God. part of it, you know. Okay. So this is him, like, convincing them to kill someone. All right. I feel like these kids have some fucked up home lives. You know, it's weird because they didn't. Like, it's very strange. Kids, I mean, kids are weird. Look, Think of what you can get caught up in. I know, but I guess, like, I always hear people say things like, oh, you know, when you're 12, you your brain isn't fully developed. It's like, yeah, but I still knew killing people was wrong. Right, but you never, I mean, obviously there are some mental issues going on, but I don't think it necessarily means their home lives are messed yeah. up. So, according to Rolling Stone, there's a mansion in Wisconsin's Nicolette National Forest where they tried to find him. But really, they ended up, like, going to Walmart, typical Wisconsin, (laughs) to, like, wash the blood off their clothes and try and, like, change and, you know, get back to normal. And um, they were found. I'm not exactly sure how they were arrested, but they were arrested just a couple hours after and taken into custody. And they did their interviews. They, like, explained everything. And watch the HBO documentary Beware the Slender Man because they have so much of the interrogation broken up. And it's the two girls separately... And it's just wild. Does it really seem like they believe in Slenderman, both of them? Yes. Okay. 100%. So the girls' mothers, both Morgan and Anissa's moms, told 2020 that they never saw any warning signs that their daughters would harm someone else. And like, duh, that's what moms say. But Angie Geyser said, 
Morgan and Peyton would sit up in Morgan's room and they would do each other's nails and they would laugh and make a mess. They were just typical girls. Mm-hmm. And that's the mom of the victim? No, that's the mom of Morgan. Oh, okay. Who, did, who is the one that did the actual stabbing. Okay. Yeah, and she did. She actually said she did know about Morgan's interest in Slenderman. They had talked about it. Morgan would show her some of the pictures, read her some stories. And even though her parents thought the material was like a bit dark, she, her mom said, I was 11 and I remember riding my bike home from the library with Stephen King's It under my arm. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I didn't think it was much different from me as a child. Right, like it doesn't... Just because you listen or, like, are into Slenderman and into creepy shit doesn't mean you're going to hurt someone. Yeah, like, that, that's not a red flag right like, off the bat. Right, most kids are into weird stuff. Right, and they're 12. It's like, you're not thinking that they're going to do this, especially because Morgan and Peyton have been best friends for years. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, wild. Anissa's mother, Christy, who was the girl that didn't do the stabbing but was there, said that she had never heard anything about Slenderman. She, like, that it was just absolute news to her. So, I mean, little did they know, they had been planning their best friend and classmate's murder for months. (gasps) Yeah, months. So, yikes. In the video interrogation that I had mentioned before, which was taken only a few hours after the attack, a detective asked Morgan, who's the girl that did the stabbing, what were you trying to do with her when you stabbed her? And she replied, kill her. I might as well just say it. We were trying to kill her. Which is like... That's dark and cold. Heebs. I got the heebs. Zoinks. Morgan Geyser, who was 12 at the time of the stabbing, was 15 when she was sentenced in October of 2017. She was deemed not responsible for her actions due to mental illness and was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia while in custody. Her father had suffered from it for years and they were finally able to see signs of it coming out in Morgan. And that was like oh, her break, basically. Gosh. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So yeah, so she had a lot of just mental issues that they didn't hadn't been diagnosed yet. They hadn't started coming out yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I don't, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but that seems really young to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. It does, yeah. But if it's in the family, you know, yeah, you never right. know. And, and clearly something's happened. So. <laughs> right. So yeah, they were able to see some of those same signs in Morgan that they saw in her father. And they just kind of all were like came to this realization that, oh, uh oh, you know, this was more than they thought. When giving his decision, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Michael Borin, Borin? made sure to emphasize that the crime was premeditated and said, we can't forget what we are dealing with and we can't forget that this was an attempted murder. Morgan was sentenced to 40 years in a mental institution. Wow. Yeah. So no prison time. She's getting help. Okay. Hopefully. We're hoping. Anissa was sentenced to 25 years in a mental hospital in December of 2017, so just a couple months after Morgan. She said to the court, I want everyone involved to know I deeply regret everything that happened that day. I know nothing I say is going to make this right. Nothing I say is going to fix what I broke. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. Wow. Wowza. Ooh, that's yikes. I feel like... Clearly the other girl had legitimate mental issues, but I wonder if this Anissa just got swept up in the whole thing and, and, you know? Well, and that's the thing. It seemed like Anissa almost introduced it, and then it kind of, like, set Morgan over the edge of her, mm, you know? spiraled, yeah. Yeah, like, it, I don't think this would have happened the way it happened if Anissa hadn't come into the picture. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it would have happened eventually in a different way. way. Yeah, some, it would have manifested in some other way. Right, which I mean, luckily she lived. She actually came out and spoke publicly for the first time in late 2019. So, Peyton did? Yeah, Peyton did, not too long ago. So I have some information from her. 
She said she wants people to finally see the story from her side rather than everyone else's. So she did an interview firsthand with ABC and a lot of that they put into 2020. You know, there's a lot of it online you can find. It's really interesting to see her talk because she was 17 when they did that interview and 12 when she was stabbed. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. So what we didn't know, I mean, this isn't cool, but what we didn't know until now, until Peyton came out and spoke to the public, was that she wanted to end her friendship with Morgan, actually. Oh. Between fifth and sixth grade, she saw a big change in Morgan after she became friends with Anissa, but Morgan guilted Peyton into staying friends, and because Peyton was such an empathetic kid, she stayed friends with her. Oh, I can relate to that shit. Yeah, and basically... Not to the stabbing part. Well, right. But yeah, she was like, I didn't want her only friend to be this person, you know, basically that I don't think is a good person. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to just, like, hang her high and dry. Uh, Peyton said, I didn't like Anissa at all. I just hung out with her because I knew that Morgan really loved her as a friend, but she was always cruel to me. I feel like she was jealous that Morgan was friends with me and her. And, like, that sucks to be a part of a group of three when you were a group of two. Oh, my God. Even, dude. Like, we've been through that. Like, we were teenage girls. (laughs) Like, that's the worst. It's such a terrible, constant power struggle, even if you are all relatively mentally sound, which, like, no one is when they're 12, so. Well, right, yeah. (laughs) Very true. So, you know, we just know that that already was stressful. She already was getting weirded out and, like, so um regarding the actual attack we do get a little more detail from Peyton from what she does remember you know some of her memory from that is gone but she did tell ABC Anissa told me to lie on the ground and cover myself in sticks and leaves and stuff to hide in a sense but it was really just a trick to get me down there and that's when Morgan began stabbing Peyton so they were gonna play this hide and seek and you know she was like oh why don't you cover yourself lay down get vulnerable and then they just stabbed her. They brought the knife in a backpack. Okay, it sounds like Anissa was the mastermind. Right, 100%. I thought Morgan was, but this is a... Yeah, to me it seems like Anissa's idea, but she wanted to make Morgan do the do the act, mm-hmm. you know. So that's just kind of like, hooey. That's really scary, because that makes me feel like, obviously everyone's vulnerable when they're 12, but someone with a mental illness to be taken advantage of by a friend that way... And basically force her to carry out a crime, and then she gets more time for carrying out the act, even though she was probably less mentally, like, there. You know what I mean? Right, which, like, whether or not she did it, it's, I don't know. Like, whether or not Anissa knew about Morgan's, you know, mental right. health problems. She knew she could, like, yeah, manipulate her, Yeah, she knew her, that she was like. coercing her, so. I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing I haven't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just very shitty. After pulling herself to the grassy area where Greg, the cyclist, found her and making it to the hospital, Peyton endured six hours of emergency surgery. And Dr. John Kellerman, her surgeon, said if the knife had gone the width of a human hair further, she wouldn't have lived. What the fuck? Yep. Like they, and it was just, just a frenzied attack. Holy shit. So she was just stabbing and stabbing and thank fucking goodness. So like she just, she got a knife from her own kitchen yeah yeah like just like let's go like grabbed a steak knife out of the knife blocker drawer or whatever threw it in her backpack and good lord dipped out so yikes Um, but you said they were planning this for months yeah yeah they had been planning this they found like written in journals and stuff like that all because slender man wanted them to yeah because they were trying to prove themselves to slender man they wanted to live in his mansion they wanted to be a part of that culture like yikes so yeah when peyton finally woke up from her surgery the first thing she asked was where Morgan and Anissa were. She was terrified. She didn't want them coming back for her. But she was relieved to hear that they were both already in custody. 
after that, I mean, obviously her recovery was difficult physically and emotionally. She was so scared she slept with her mom every night. And to this day, she still sleeps with a pair of broken scissors under the pillow next to her. Just in case, she says. Wow. Which is just trauma. Yeah. Trauma time. She's got to be, she's an adult now. That was like, that was six years ago. She's 18. Yeah, she's about to go to college. I mean, COVID, you know. True. (laughs) But but she is aged to go to college. Wow. Um, Yeah, she said she's tried to resume a normal life since the attack. She has made huge strides. But she does say that she never wants to speak to Morgan or Anissa again. But when asked what she would like Morgan to know, Peyton, who was, like I said, 17 at the time of this interview, told ABC's David Muir, I would probably initially thank her. I would say, just because of what she did, I have the life I have now. I really, really like it and I have a plan. What the fuck? I didn't have a plan when I was 12 and now I do because of everything that I went through. No one has a plan when they're 12. Yeah, but you know what? She feels like she has a purpose because of this. You know what? And I say, do it. You um, gotta, I guess, find the good stuff and the bad stuff. So good for her. Exactly. Like, you live through that. Like, in, even her mom said her scars still burn and hurt to this day. <sighs> and she's still struggling with even the physical side of it. And Yeah, not to mention PTSD. Right. Like, for real. So, I mean, I don't. how do you ever trust someone again? I don't know. We'll put some pictures up. I'll show you now. Here's when they became friends. Oh, they're so teeny and little. That's Peyton and that's Morgan. They have like little homemade tie-dye shirts on like you make at a birthday party And they're like, they have face paint. Really cute. Okay. There's the three girls. Okay. Peyton's on the left. Morgan's in the middle. And Anissa's on the right. Morgan kind of looks like our cousin Amber. I know, right? At that age especially. Not like now. But you can, it's even weird. Like she just seems like she's kind of ostracized. Like she just kind of scrunched herself up, which is sad. The girls were found. This was Peyton's shirt that they <gasps> cut off of her. Oh, I think what's most upsetting is it says love, hope, smile, beautiful, dream. It's just like such a little girl t-shirt. Yeah, it's, it's like so a shirt sweet. with a heart on it with all these like inspiring words and hearts and stars. And, and then blood. Blood. And then a lot of blood. This is Morgan and Anissa when they were captured and that was her blood on her coat. Oh, God. And the mugshots. That's so crazy. Little mugshots. They're such little babies. Tiny 12-year-old mugshots. I mean, it's crazy to see them in the interview, how they're even, like, conducting themselves, and they're like, oh, like, yeah. you gotta watch it. Here's Peyton at 17. Aww. So cute. Look and at her doggy. Like, kissing her dog. What we all should be doing. Oh, she looks so happy. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. Go, Peyton. You're a fucking badass bitch. She's a rock star. So, that is... The story of the Slenderman stabbing in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Ooh, that was incredibly depressing, but interesting. Thank it you for sure that. sure was. You're welcome for ruining your day. All right. Okay, well, that was our first episode. That was our first episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with another story about Wisconsin. And remember, Sean is going to tell you about a cult. A creepy, creepy cult in Wisconsin. Creepy, creepy. And then following, we'll we'll move on to some other states. We're going to cover Illinois, Indiana, move through the Midwest, and then keep going from there. Yeah, the other states in the Midwest that I can't name unless I have a list in front of me. Taylor's great at geography. (laughs) It's (laughs) fun. It's funny that we're doing this show, considering she doesn't know where any of the states are. I bought a map. It's up on the wall next to me. You guys, can I say this? Yes. Taylor thought that Alaska was an island because it's always by Hawaii on the map. To be fair, that was like in high school, but still. I mean, I was maybe like a freshman in college. Um, But yeah, it's because of the puzzles. Those puzzles and maps always put it off by Hawaii. Hawaii. It's like, 
okay, is Hawaii attached to something then? Thanks for the fucking notice, But it's like, there's a straight line on Alaska. You think that's just natural? Yeah. Okay. Okay, moving on. Um, (laughs) So that's it for episode one. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, this is Bad Trip Podcast. I'm Shauna. I'm Taylor. Peace out, bitches. Peace out, bitches! Lock your doors. What a way to end. (laughs) Peace out, bitches. Like, that's what dad always says. I know, right?